can, can I like you... how we've coordinated. You're sitting on the right, I'm on the left. We've coordinated our, our mics are on. I switched it around inside. And like the cables are inside. That's very like good cable way. management. This is very I'm symmetrical. I'm a fan of cable management. It's very symmetrical. That's it. Um, fit, fitting. Really? It all fits together. Did you enjoy Bathurst on the weekend? Uh, I watched about 30 seconds of it, mate. How was it? Good. That, that's like me asking, Trev, did you enjoy the Star Wars marathon? <laughs> and you'd say, I'd rather take, I'd rather stick pins in my eyes, wouldn't it? Like, I don't it mind. The, I don't analogy. mind racing. Like you're a sport, we, we, you're the I love sports sport. center of the Daily Telegraph. Exactly, and, I, and love it. Love the whole theater of yeah, it, and yeah. the whole you know the, the everything. But sitting there all day watching the cars go around, I could probably do it for like about half an hour, and then I'm good. Like even the Formula One, I love the hospitality of Formula One <laughs> and <laughs> being hosted and having a lovely lunch and looking out over the track at all the all the peasants. <laughs> I love that, but. In terms of being able to name all the drivers and sort of get right into the whole sort of the, the strategy of it, yeah, that's 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 for bigger fans of the. So name. I went with our good friends at Vodafone, and um, yeah, they're, they're, problem their the, invite to me got lost in the mail. Yeah, well, yeah, mate, hello, have a yeah. listen, have a listen <laughs> to everything you I just said. I don't think I would have enjoyed it. Inyaki, the CEO, is yeah. a rev head. Uh, mate, of course, he yes. wouldn't appreciate your tone. Okay, well, no, I'm not bagging the thing. But it's just I, not for me, mate. What I'm I like, love, yeah. that's fine. What I love was. Being the only true uh, rev head yes. in the room. So during qualifying on the Saturday, the top 10 shootout, there's 10 cars all going out for a lap. And they're all sitting there. They're all got bloody sports bet out and everything. And they're going, Trev, what, what will this one do? And I go, 204.2. And, mate, I was getting close for every wow. – I was guessing them, picking them like – Big spotting rabbits. <laughs> like the raccoons um, on the freeway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's an enjoyable week. But I can. It's I'm good. Glad well, you went look, there. I've I've enjoyed I've, I've, when people have been invited to other sporting events. Like whenever I've been invited to a league match, right? Yeah. The other people that are there, they're there to drink the beer and eat the food, where and I'm there to watch the game. Yeah. Like when I take my wife to the footy. Yeah. Right. We're in a She's box. She's there to drink the wine. She's there to get on the wine and have a drink and be social. <laughs> I'm there to watch the game. So you'd be you'd be like Spot me at the on. league game. You're watching yeah. the race. Everyone's I, there just to enjoy the hospitality. The number of people in the corporate boxes at Bathurst that leave at one o'clock. <laughs> yeah, to beat because the Because they've seen the race. Yeah, They're like, yeah. you know what? I'll get home and watch the end of the race Fair call. at home. Fair call. All right. Um, not here to talk about Bathurst. Uh, we're here no. to um, uh, uh, podcast. We're glad you enjoyed it, mate. No, nah, I had a great time. Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Not a bad price. With Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Really handy device. And Stephen Fennec from techguide.com.au. Great to be here, episode 409. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and Uniden. We'll tell you all about them shortly. Stephen, I notice a disturbance in the force. <laughs> Did you like that? Oh, I love Did that. Did you like that? That's very nice. I'm here for you, buddy. Yes. Um, the, the Apple force that surrounds us normally with our iPads, yep. Macs and iPhones has been disturbed by um, the, the, the breaking news. Of uh, of a new phone, uh, the Google Pixel, Pixel 4. Four. Now heavily you, rumored, though we kind of knew, like, like the yeah. iPhone, we knew what was coming. We I couldn't go down to the event, so you got to go down and I assume get hands on with it. I did uh, with the I've people. I've got it in my hand right Google. now. As a matter of fact, yes. I don't think you really tell people that, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not actually a review. Yeah, it's technical. Okay. It's a very, it's a, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll, you, we'll, you can we'll delete that. that. We'll delete that. Go back and delete that bit. You, okay? No, no, bugger it. Who cares? <laughs> um, so, yeah, this this is my problem with Google. They seem to, I think, strategically leak. There's like, you yeah, mate, the amount of information that was out there was epic. 
I mean, it was just unbelievable. But let's well, talk about. If, I suppose if Apple, if Apple phones leak and they're like the best in the business at keeping a secret, then yeah. what hope have other companies got? But did I mean just on that? Did it leak? I mean, did we know the that pixel? the ultra white? No, the the iPhone really, the genuine. Of course we did. I don't know that we knew the, we the full details. Yeah, I think we did. Okay. Yeah. So the pixel. Mate, I'm saying on the back, without a case, it looks like the mock-ups of the iPhone <laughs> earlier in the year with the big black camera module. I don't think it's attractive. Yeah, but a bit more Google's, subtle though the camera. They, they do do. It's not subtle at all. No, but it's I mean, black like, on white. Like, look, oh look, yeah, the actual look, lenses. The actual lenses. They're not like stand out like uh, but, on the iPhone. They're a bit more. They just sort of fade into the back. It's only black a dual background. lens, isn't it? Dual lens. And yeah, with a case a on it, doesn't look too bad. Flight. Yeah, yeah. So not too bad, but square camera modules seem to be the in thing in uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a hit and miss, really, because Samsung go side or Silicon Valley, yes, but Samsung go sideways. Huawei go up and down. Yeah. Samsung have gone up and down with a Note. Nokia yeah. are going with a circle. I mean, yeah. they've got to find a way to pick pack them in. Pattern, I guess mate. Pick, the biggest pick issue, stick. the biggest issue though, with the <laughs> Pixel Four straight up is the solid noggin, the forehead. I called it. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, oh, well, do you remember last, was the Pixel 3 that had just a massive, or the Pixel 2, which one was that, the massive notch? That last year's model, what, what was that called? I Pixel think it was 3. one before last year. Pixel 3. Yep. It had the massive notch, like biggest notch ever. And this time out, they've gone for the no notch, but big forehead. We're talking about the space above the screen, if people are wondering what the hell we're talking about. The space <laughs> above the screen. The space below the screen we call the chin. Yep. The space above the screen we call the forehead. Yep. Just so people can get a reference, but... It is a solid, solid uh, space up there because they've, they've packed obviously the used the but sensors and the just camera like there. Apple, right? Apple, Apple's not just so wide compared to how, how pretty much everyone's. It's, it's about the, as deep. Oh the, yeah, the space yeah. at top is about the, as deep as the iPhone. As the iPhone notch. So imagine the iPhone notch, but going all the way across the but phone. Think about you know what's app, what Apple have talked about is in here in terms of their depth vision and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's essentially what Google have done. They've packed a heap of bloody ultrasonic bloody da. Yeah, in the face top, and they've ID. gone. You know, rather yeah. than rather than put a big notch in, let's just let's just go old school. But I I've got to say, it's jarring. It is, especially at, at what's on the market now, where a lot a lot of like, the screen to body ratio of other phones are, is really high. That's right. Like, what would this be? That'd be probably like 80, 84? 80 something in yeah. the eighties. It's not in the nineties, definitely. No way. But um, so yeah, you're right. It does. It it's kind of spoils it a little bit. There's there's like another. There's another like three or four mil of space there they could have got with with screen. Right, the the, the the forehead is seven mil at least. Oh yeah, easy. You're not you're not wrong. Yeah, it's, it is big. But that said, yeah. those are my only two negatives. Yeah, me too. Um, it's I like the design overall, even without a uh, a cover. Leaving aside my not love of the of the camera um, module, the colours are nice because uh, it's kind of a white back with the black edges. Like they've done a good job of combining colours to to make a good looking smartphone. Yeah, but I I think, as with all pixels, it's it's not only about looks. No. It's about like this is what your wife thought when she met you. It's not all about looks. It's That's about right. what's on the inside. It's about the BMW you know? at the time. <laughs> is that right? No doubt. <laughs> it's about what's on the inside, and in this case, the Pixel has obviously the camera is the top shelf feature here. And they've taken it to the next level with another lens. But remember, up until now, the Pixel was probably rated as one of the best smartphone cameras with a single lens, uh, well, but the, which but, was remarkable. But and not just the best smartphone camera with a single lens. It was the best smartphone yeah. camera, comma, yeah. but it only and had a single the, lens. Exactly. It's just like it's rem- it, it has its selfie camera has outperformed its you know its 
potential. The rear camera has been uh, an absolute amazing yep. thing. So yeah, I think that it's 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 timely that they bring an extra lens. It's interesting because they're they're bringing one extra lens when everyone else is onto their third. Yeah, that's true. So there's still a lens behind. There are lens behind, and there always have been. But you know what? It's not how many; it's what you do with them that counts. See, is that Google right? with their single lens selfie camera were doing the wide angle selfies before Apple was, yeah. did it this year. You and know? they were they were talking night night sight and everything. They they were kind of ahead of the curve there. Yeah. And now with the addition of this uh, this other lens, which is a, a telephoto lens, they've really stepped up their game and. They, they've given they, they just showed off a couple of uh, photographers who had the pixel including an Aussie photographer who's like bumps a, dude yeah yeah, yeah who does a lot of beach photography and what they've what they've included now is a way for you to have like a live HDR view like you know when you you know when you're shooting there's an example um, on on I think Google's website where there's a guy with a surfboard on his head looking out towards the water yet he's back and all his de- all of his body is in detail with the sun shining towards him. So that was achieved with this new feature that allows you to, in real time, toggle the brightness of the photo, but also the level of HDR in the photo. Right. So you're getting two uh, alternatives here, two variables that you can adjust on the fly and actually see on the screen what you're going to get. What the outcome's going to be. Yeah, before you hit the shutter button. That is, that's really good. No other car, no other company's done that. No smartphone company's done that. So I know, I know they use a lot of software to compensate for various things, but here's where you can actually get in and, and take control of exactly what's going to be, what you're going to see. So Screen is impressive though too. It is, yeah. It's 90 hertz though, this screen. So refresh rate of 90, 90 times a second. When am I going to notice that? Well, you'll probably notice that when you're scrolling between screens and when you're, Maybe uh, you know there's some some little animations within a- apps, and when you watch this, when you're watching stuff, uh, look a lot a lot of eyes, including mine, hardly notice it. So I think it's just a it's just a figure that they're going to quote because it's like me back in the day when they used to say, oh, we got a 20 megapixel camera and we got a 15. You know, so it's a numbers game still. But I think the eagle-eyed people are fans because other other brands have got um have got high hertz. Like I think there's a phone, I think there's the Razer phone have a 120 hertz Gaming screen. Phone, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that 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 is you can really notice the difference there. But this is a step in the right direction. It's yeah. not an OLED screen, but it is a okay. good quality screen though. Yeah. Um, battery life. I mean, what what what's going to sell people on this? Out. What matters is not existing pixel hunters, but what's going to bring people from a Samsung or an Oppo up to you know what? Yeah, I think how's it going to sell? The people? key, I think, what's going to attract people is well, battery life won't be one of them. Battery life pixels have been. Always good. Oh, okay. So there, there's never been a complaint there. They did mention there's fast charging, but I've in all the, in all the the briefing that I had and all the all the research I've done on it, no one's given a figure on how fast it can charge right. at a certain time. You know, normally you get that sort of information. Yep. But um, they're saying it has fast charging. They just haven't told us how fast. Uh, I think what's a big attraction too to people, especially Android users, is Android 10. Right. So this new pure version of Android that isn't that isn't uh, doesn't have this massive user interface layer on top of it for purists of Android. Yep. That's a, that's attractive as well. The camera, no doubt, is really attractive. Also, the design. I think the the you got your choices as well of, of the XL or or, or the, uh, the the regular four. I think the size is a five point seven for the four, six point three inches for the XL. And you know. Google have did not quote that openly. They never made it really clear the screen sizes, 
I found that really strange. Um, naturally, the XL's got a larger battery. I think it's a three th- or a four thousand milliamp hour battery. I, I could be wrong. Uh, three thousand seven hundred. Thirty seven hundred. There you go. It's under four thousand. So that's that's decent. Uh, what what they did make a big fuss about too was the fact that about how intelligent the phone is and the AI and the machine learning. They've got a, like a neural chip on board. They've got their uh, the neural pixel neural core, which does all the processing on the device and also handles all the machine learning. But the other feature they also talked about was the ability for the phone to detect your presence. So there's like a, a 60 centimeter barrier around the phone. It uses radar. This, this specific little um, technology, that I forget the name they called it, but it's basically radar, mm. so that if you're within 60 centimetres of the phone and you're about to pick it up, then it, it, it wakes up and then unlocks really fast, like it just did now. So n- no, probably no faster than the iPhone, but they want, they want the phone to detect when you're there, but also on the other side when you're not there, so it just shuts down, doesn't even have the... Uh, you know how they have the always-on display. So if there's no no one near the phone, the, even the always-on display goes out. So just just to save a little bit of battery, uh, they also have motion sense, which gives you the ability to, you know, if, if rather than having to pick up the phone, if you want to navigate your music, you just wave left and right to use your music to to navigate your music. Not not many uses for that now. Just going to stop you right there and say yeah. that's just rubbish. <laughs> Well, I know a lot of other. I think other phones have had that, haven't they? The, 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 Honestly, the, the, the gestures. Yeah, who's yeah. using gestures? Well, but if you think about it, I think they want to try. Don't forget, this is going to be part of an ecosystem of products that may even include a Google Nest Max or a, a Nest Mini. So they want this to be part of that family. Where say that you're, I don't know, you might be cooking or something, and you're, you're asking Google for uh, for. Uh, assistance mm. and if you're playing your music or whatever they just want to be able to give this a hands-free uh feature so you can navigate your music or whatever you happen to be looking at and mm. and just just be able to gesture um there as well the other they did a really good uh, demo of google assistant which actually has gone sort of stepped up to the next level in terms of speed uh and response like re- the responsiveness of it they did a demo where they they opened an app, they they took a photo, they did all these things in like thirty seconds. That it just instant response to Google Assistant. So I think that that's another feature they said's been improved is yeah. the responsiveness of Google Assistant. Mate, the standout feature of this phone is the price. Yeah, it's not Pixel too bad. Four One O Four Nine, Pixel Four XL One Two Seven Nine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Here's the thing. That's competitive. I, you always feel like Samsung and Apple are just going, right, well, they went there, we'll go there, you know? Like, yeah. they'll just follow each other pricing. Yeah. Google, this is the smartest thing Google's done, is not go, okay, it's twelve nine nine and fifteen nine nine, yeah. which is which would be comparative. Do you remember years ago when they just did the almost similar When they first launched, iPhones? it was exactly yeah. the same. It's like, yeah. hang on a minute. Yeah. And do you remember when we first started this show how much we whinged about tablets? Android how tablets would, would price yeah. themselves at Apple prices. Yeah, I know, yeah. And it they took, got the message eventually. They did get the message. Google's taken four iterations for them to learn. <laughs> they can't price themselves the same yep. as an iPhone. It's absolutely it's a right. great phone. Yeah. It's it's vanilla, beautiful Android. It's got everything you need. It's going to have an exceptional camera. The screen looks great. The design is good. The ecosystem's excellent. You're going to get updates for three years too for Android. So like, you 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 sit there. Why isn't it it's three great. years? Uh, that that's what they said. I don't know. Nice. After three years, you just you, you may be time to upgrade to another phone. I'm not sure. Well, Apple. I mean, not even Apple does that. I know. These Apple's like you know, Google's, iPhone. Google's not Apple. Six. Though, yeah, 6S, I think can do the iOS thirteen. Yeah, that's which is what four and a half, five years. Four, nearly five years. Five, yeah. four and a half years old. Yeah. I don't know. I just think putting a number on it like that feels like uh, maybe obsolescence. Maybe. 
But so, yeah. I, I, initially, I, I think uh, it's impressive. I, I haven't, I can't tell you talked about the review just yet. That's early next week. But uh, I think a lot of the fanboys are going to turn out for this one. Uh, maybe attract some other Android users. I can't really see iPhone users switching camps no. for this one. No. But I, I still think, though, a very solid update from Google. Yep, and solid. Uh, a couple other quick things. They, uh, they've uh, released a new Google Home Mini, which is now called the Nest Mini. Yep. They reckon it's got a better speaker, better bass. Um, that's not a bad thing. 79 bucks, the same price, but some yeah. different colours. And they've also got a little wall mount too. There's a little hook on the back so you can mount it on a wall now. Which my wife would just... <laughs> really upset about. Uh-huh. But the other one I think is most critical is the Nest Wi-Fi. So yes. upgrades to Google Wi-Fi, which is a mesh system. This is now Nest Wi-Fi. Again, they're using the Nest name because they bought them. Yep. Um, it's incorporating a Google Assistant. So it's got the Google Assistant capabilities built into the little, you know, yep. little 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 hub that's going to sit around your house. It's been slightly redesigned to be uh, yeah. kind of a little bit more, um, looks like a HomePod. Looks, looks like a mini, a, mini HomePod. Yeah, yeah. Um, HomePod. And, and I, I think it's smart to make aesthetic. it Google... You're investing in, in a Wi-Fi system like this. Absolutely. I think it's smart to make it um, Google Assistant. Yep. But also, it comes in three colors again. So just some subtle colors. I I really like this. And I think that what you don't realize about the Google Wi-Fi is that it's actually a little bit... So it's, a, it's not as good as other mesh systems because it doesn't have a tri-band backhaul. But because it has Ethernet, you can use as backhaul. There is some advantages to it if you've got your mm-hmm. house wired with Ethernet yep. ports. So and it's like four hundred bucks. So yeah, I've got Google Wi-Fi in in, in my house here, yeah. and I've got it in one, two, three. I've got it in four spots, and it, I've got to say it is really solid network. It does a really good job, even up like right at the back of the house where my bedroom is. Yeah, really, I've done speed tests up there. It does a really good job. So this is a, obviously uh, takes over from that. But if you do have the old Google Wi-Fi, this works with it. Right. So you can add stations from this as well. Perfect. So that if it is it is backwards compatible. So if you have invested and you want to get yep. a new one, you can. Uh, available in a two pack, so that'll be three nine nine, and a three pack five forty nine. So the, it, there's two parts with the router part that goes into your modem, and then there's the point, uh, just like other mesh Wi-Fi systems. So there's the two pack obviously has one point, one router, one point, and the other has one router and two points. Wonderful games. stuff. All the details of Google's announcements this week at eftm.com and techguide.com.au. When you think of Dyson, it's the, the thoughts that come into your mind is a, a vacuum cleaner and yep. a fan and maybe a hand the hand dryer, dryer now. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, in the bathrooms, the uh, the hand the Dyson hand dryers. Yes, uh, but. A couple of years ago, they uh, launched an in, uh, a very ambitious project to build a an electric car, yeah. and everyone at the time, including me, thought, "What the hell? How, what what does that have to do with it?" But then, when you think about it a little more, you know, they've got all this experience creating long life batteries. Mm. They've got all this experience creating motors. So you're thinking that's actually not a bad idea when you when you when you really think deeply about it, but. There was a news this week that they've totally abandoned the project. And we're talking a multi-billion dollar project. They had more than 500 engineers working on this for the last two years uh, with a view to having a vehicle on the road. They initially said 2020, yep. but revised that to 2021. Yep. And earlier this year, even gave us a tantalising look at their patents and what they expect from a car, including the large wheels and the aerodynamic shape and all of this stuff. 
So they were getting close to it. They even real, I think there were some like blueprints, like figures, like some some drawings of of the uh, of what they perceived to be a vehicle. But now gone, nothing. nothing. And it's see you later. So what's amazing to me about this is if you go back to September 2017, so two years and a month, so yep. yeah, two years ago. Um, <coughs> Dyson James Dyson sent an email to the whole company and he said Dyson has begun work on a battery electric vehicle due to be launched by 2020. Now. As you said, that was the original date. That's three years back then. Like, how did he develop a car in that time? I don't know. But it had sketches of his that he'd come up with, yeah. like looking at the the impact of diesel and all that stuff. $2 billion, $3.4 billion Aussie dollars. And I just, I find it staggering that A, they announced it, but they had to because it would have leaked, right? Yeah. And B, to walk away from it like that. Yeah. Well, I, I understand that the reason behind he sent an email to the whole to the to employees, and here's what the email said: the email said, although we have tried very hard throughout the development process, we simply can no longer see a way to make it a to make it commercially viable. Now, reading between the lines, and if you if you the the reports coming out of it suggest that he was actually trying to to shop this around to sell it to a car company. Right. He wanted to partner with a company. Right. So to say, look, look what we've made. Let's partner with you and make a car together. That This obviously would have been going on in the last two years, but he hasn't been able to find a buyer. And so what, what you're saying is, and it makes sense, that that announcement two years ago was really just a really public way of saying, hey, car companies, Hello. you want to know what we're yeah, working on, we do good stuff. If you want to know what it is, come talk to us. Well, you, you look at all the other relationships we've seen, where we have Volkswagen, Ford, all these car companies yep. have all partnered with tech companies to to for their autonomous driving for all all this stuff they need in the future. They're good at making cars. Tech companies are good at making tech. Yep. That's why these partnerships are forming now. Dyson is a kind of a tech company as well, and a manufacturing engineering company, and and great great uh, idea to even get out there. I would love to see what they had, co- what they've come up with so far. You know, that's what's going to yeah. be amazing in twenty years from now is what like some sort of Dyson museum where they yeah. wheel out the prototypes, the the technology they had. Yeah. But what what I think is happening right now is there's cheers and beers going around it everywhere. Mercedes, <laughs> Volkswagen, everywhere going. Tesla. Yeah, <laughs> it's really really not easy to make cars, James. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. easy to make cars. Yeah. Um. So look, respect for the. Putting it out there, yeah. Well, you know what? But I, I applaud him for having a crack, as I do for everyone who has a crack at whatever they want to do. Good, good on you. It takes courage, and money, and time. So good on him for he's doing not that. Short of a quid, though, really. Absolutely, but you know, he's he's employed. He was employing. I think the figure was five hundred and forty-four engineers had been working full time on this project for Amazing. two years. It's a lot of money, a lot of time and money. But apparently. The work won't be a complete loss. They're still going to work on solid-state battery development and other technology that can be used in the car, like robotics, vision systems, and AI. Yeah, so, because this yeah. is what other people, do, a lot of people don't understand. So um, I'll give you an example. Uh, JBL, good speakers, yep. um, owned by Harman, which is owned by Samsung. So Samsung own the JBL business, the Harman Kardon business, and all their different sub-brands. The bulk of their, you know, five-year plan in terms of business is commitment orders from car companies for sound systems. Yeah, of course. Billions and billions of dollars worth of sound systems committed to be put into cars. 
So if Dyson can become one of those companies, like you say, NVIDIA, providing you know autonomous yeah. circuit boards or whatever for autonomous driving technology, if Dyson can, can come up with a system, you know, another example is Bosch. You know, these companies make systems. So Bosch make a lot of the um, uh, ABS systems. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Mercedes and, and Ford don't develop their own ABS. They, they buy an ABS system and adjust it. So maybe, just maybe, Dyson will create these vision assist systems or driver awareness systems or whatever other things they've been working on. They'll be able to actually become a, a third-party de- yep. parts deployer. Yep into car companies. So maybe they'll get part of what they want in the long run. Maybe, yeah. But, yeah. <coughs> or or someone, a car company might pick it up at a bargain price now that they're kind of out of the game. They're in, they're in a, the, whoever's on the other side of the negotiation now, a car company could come in and say, listen, we hear you're going to toss the towel in. Yeah. How about we now, give you, yeah. let's have a fire sale. We'll, we'll do this for, for we'll the, this much. Bring the price down a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah let's, let's go. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech is proudly supported by our friends at Uniden. They make a number of great products, including good dash cams. And it's that time of year where people might be heading out on the road for road trips, holidays. Good idea to have a dash cam. And the iGo Cam 85R is a great example. This is a 4K dash cam, which means it's got a video resolution of 2160p, which means very clear video. Now, this can come in handy if ever you need to see a car make, colour, a number plate, people, street signs, it does come in handy having that added detail. There is also a rear camera on this system as well that's full HD, so you're getting like a 360-degree view of your car, so it's your eyes and ears on the road. has an ultra-wide 160-degree view, so it captures everything. Uh, it also has impact and motion detection, of course, and when it does detect that, it can actually it can archive that bit of footage into a special folder complete with the G, the uh, GPS information, mapping, speed, time, all of that information is all there. So if you need to present your side of the story to an insurance company or to the police, you have your, your side of the story, the video of the incident. It also has a 2.4-inch LCD colour screen that also tells you your speed so that you can know exactly what the speed limit is in that area and it will even warn you about speed and red light cameras as well. So all around, this is a great thing to have in your car for your protection. Uh, and if you want to check out further details about the iGo, iGo Cam 85R, you can do that at uniden.com.au. Now, some products launched in uh, Harvey Norman last week, and I've got to say, very comprehensive set of smart home gear. Made by our good mates at Laser, Aussie company, yeah. been around for 30 years, and they've created a brand called Connect Smart Home. Now, there are, I've got to say, literally every possible product you could think of. So there's doorbells, home security cameras, uh, outdoor cameras, there's light globes, down lights, uh, party and strip lights, um, there's power boards, power points, there's uh, infrared blasters for your products, there's uh, a diffuser, there's a curtain rail, there's outdoor uh, party lights. Mate, I've never seen a, a range like it. It's a good it's, solution, eh? For and everyone. here's the thing. Um, I, I've been saying this all week. If you've got a Google Home Mini, just, you know, it costs you 50 bucks or something, right? And you're using it to ask what the bloody weather is. You're asking, you're just asking those basic things, play music. Here, all you need to do is go and buy a light globe. 20 bucks for a basic screw or bayonet light globe. Goes into your existing lamp or light point, right? 
20 bucks and it becomes smart. The app, the Connect Smart Home app, it's it's good app. It looks good. It looks easy to use. You pair up the, the light globe directly. There's no hub required. And then you can connect it to Google Home so you can talk to Google and get Google to tell you to do the, the things you want to do. Once you put light, one light globe in, you're going to want multiple. Then you're going to want a light strip. And then you're going to want, like, cur- make curtain rails. Yes. A oh, two-meter... We'll We'll be getting them in this room. A two-meter curtain rail is just such a cool idea yeah. because it, a lot of people say to me, oh, it's just lazy. Yeah, okay, it's lazy. But when you leave for work, the curtains can shut, the lights can turn off. When it's movie time, you can ask Google yeah. to, to, to set the movie theme and that'll dim the lights, turn the TV on, uh, close the curtains. Lots of cool things that's can a, be done that, with Smart Home. That's a good point. You mentioned, oh, that's lazy. You can just get up and do it. But... Once you set them and make them part of a routine, that's the real, that's the secret sauce here, I reckon, where, yeah, it's fun to just press a button on your tablet or your phone and watch the curtains open and close. That's great. But when it's part of a whole little setup that you've done, you know, like shut the curtains, asking, turn on lights saying, down. hey, followed by the word Google, I'm going to bed. And yeah. what Google does is turn off all the lights except the little night light in your son's room, because yep. that's what I, I need on. Because I make the mistake of asking Siri to turn all the lights off, turns off Harry's night light. Um, it's it's a simple mistake. You need a routine. Uh, you need yes. a going to bed routine, which might shut the curtains, turn the TV off, all those different things. But that's possible now with all these range. Spot on. Little and IR blaster that can control yeah. your TV, your DVD player, whatever you need to control, change channels, all that. You could actually program it to have a you know ask Google to put on Sky News. It'll turn the TV on and set Foxtel to channel six hundred. Like it's absolutely possible to do that. The other examples are you know hey uh, hey and then you say gee I'm leaving. Or yep. I'm home, and then turns lights on or off depending on what you want yeah. to do. Like you, you, it could, it could set your security camera to be armed so that you it'll give Correct. you motion motion notifications when you're not home. Yep. So all these things can be all simplified by a single command. So that's where that's where the real convenience comes. It's not that you're lazy that you you can't just get up and shut your curtain or turn something on or off. It's when they all happen at once that's where people are going to see the benefit. Yeah, and um. Now, there's lots of p- products on the market. LifeX, Philips Hue, they're all great. Philips Hue is excellent, but they do require a hub, which is about 80 bucks. Yeah, the little bridge. There are some advantages yeah. to that because it kind of doesn't need the still internet needs then it. to... It still needs it. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there are some advantages to that hub because it means that the internet's down, things can still operate. So there are some definite advantages to that. But for 20 bucks, you can get a light yeah, bulb. Now, can. they have every sort of downlight. Uh, they have yes. every sort of... Like, I've never seen so, such a range, I'll be honest. Yeah. I don't think I've seen the Philips Hue range sitting all together, but they've got a lot. Yeah. But I don't think there's as many products as what Connect Smart Home oh, have. I agree. No, this this is, uh, and I like how they've classed them in all, all different types, you know, from lighting and yep. smart home and temp- uh, uh, comf- you know, the temperature, sensors. comfort sensors. Um, a whole stuff. range of things. It's but really then, But cool. then they all work together. So that, that, that's where the pieces of the puzzle fit then start to fall into place for people is to say, right, if I can have a sensor to tell me what temperature it is, then I can, once it hits a certain temperature, I can make it do something. And then once it does that, I can make it do something. So also, then it all, sort of the penny drops then. Like in a modern uh, business, uh, building that's built for offices, they have a lot of sensors for lights and things that stay on for hours, but they turn off at night. Um, example in the EFTM office, I'm going to get a, a motion sensor in the toilet because that light should only really be on when someone's in there. So just have it so that, mate, the thing just turns off when no one's been in there for a little while. Really simple stuff, really easy to do. Um, and you know it's all compatible with the um, with Google and Amazon Alexa. So, so it does work. That's right. It works with both. Yeah, eh? works so you're, with not, both. you're not you're not a slave to one. 
No. You can uh, pick if you've already got an Alexa or a Google Mini or a Google That's it. Nest Mini. And this, or is, I, I've said it a minute ago. I'll say it again. If you've got a Google Home and you have no other smart devices, just go and buy a Lightglobe. Start with a Lightglobe. Just go and go, go the Lightglobe. Start, it's a, start it's a, small. It's a cool twenty bucks. Yeah, it's a cool thing to go. Well, that's a good thing too. It's you can cheap. also show off to your mates. Go, mate, watch this, and just ask <laughs> Google to turn the light on and off. But mate, once you've got one, you'll want multiple, and yeah. it becomes a really quite addictive thing. And that's a good thing though. You can add to it. There's no massive outlay. You no. can just go bit at a time, and uh, and work from there. So uh, yeah. good, good on our mate. And, and it's not called laser though, is it? It's no, it's Connect, Connect Smart Connect Home. Smart yeah, so home, it's like yeah. a black and white boxes there. There's light switches as well, by the way. Um, yeah. Three gang, two gang, and singles. I'm, uh, I'm getting a briefing uh, this week, and I will shall be doing something on Tech Guide. Uh, yeah, no, the they're um, they're good looking products, and uh, you can find them all. Is that what you did? It with? That was that that was on the Today Show. You did yeah, that, we did it on the. We had uh, <laughs> yeah. it was pretty you know dangerous. It was the whole themes. We. No, know, it worked was, okay, mate. Yeah, it worked okay, it worked but you okay. know, you were panicking a bit. Could have gone sideways if someone Absolutely. had said something else. So yeah, sure. You know, anything can happen when you're doing a live, oh, no, as you mate. well know. I'm, I've been there. Uh, find out the details at uh, eftm.com and uh, Stephen will have it at techguide.com.au shortly uh, the Connect Smart Home Range on Two Blokes Talking Tech episode 409 well you know where we're sitting right now Trevor mm. is uh, yes. this whole room is powered by solar energy did you? oh wow I feel <laughs> so much better home. about life someone this ring Greta <laughs> this, <laughs> this whole home is powered by Solar panels and my storage battery, and yeah. it's been two years. You know, you're a pioneer. Two years that's since I've are. had. Uh, that's right. Two years since I've installed the system, and I thought I'd, I'd write a story about what what it's been like. Yeah. How much money I've saved, and just, just a general, bragging about a how much money thing. you've saved, eh? Well, it, it is. Look, when, when I when I first installed the system, I was yeah, my energy bills were decent. Like just like yours would be in yeah. home. They were three and a half, four grand a year. I was paying in electricity. Yeah. And on top of that, I was driving a car that had to fill up with petrol that cost me a near three grand a year as well. Yeah. So fast forward two years, and I've got the I've got twenty seven panels on my roof. I've got the inverter. I've got a ten kilowatt battery as well. I'm on the Sonnen flat plan, so I pay forty dollars a month for what Sonnen calls the grid balancing. So I receive power sometimes. I, I give out power. All the Sonnen customers are linked. We're all our own. We all generate power and all form part of a grid. So Sonnen is my energy provider now. So that there gave me certainty on what I was gonna what I was gonna pay per month. So no nervously opening an Energy Australia envelope yep. and seeing the the, uh, the the bill that's uh, way higher than what you expected. But and look, and the outlay it's an investment. It cost me nearly nineteen thousand dollars to get it all put together. Yep. So, but I, I looked forward at what I was going to save, and, and I've actually done the calculations. In two years, I've saved. Nearly eight thousand yeah. dollars, and that's a combination of having my electricity, but also I bought an electric car. Remember, so in I'm also getting the benefit of being able to power my car mm. as well. So that's helping. Like probably fifty percent of the time, I'd charge my car here at home. Uh, other times, I'd be at the community charges, the supercharges, destination charges. But in terms of me knocking down my energy bill, I don't even get a bill from Energy Australia anymore. It's just I just get a Sonnen bill now. Uh, so. It's been a worthwhile investment, and that, mm. that's how I viewed it. I, I think this this going to give me certainty about what what I've what I want to pay. I, I'm kind of I've stepped outside this sort of rising, spiraling costs of of energy, and I've done the same with my petrol as well. So it's kind of a double whammy. At the time, I, I, I didn't have a Tesla when I first installed the system. I got that uh, about nine months later, eight months later. So. 
I'm seeing now the benefits from being able to power my house and my car through this one system. Mm. So uh, people who balk at the price, I'm going to get my money back in probably five years' time. So in, in another three years, this would have paid itself off. Yeah, and you're actually in front. And then, the, well, point. don't forget, the system's got a 20-plus-year lifespan. So I'm going to probably save over the life of this of the system probably more than $70,000, which is uh impressive little figure. But and a lot of people say, look, 19000 that's a lot of money. And it is a lot of money. You'd spend that much on a kitchen renovation maybe yeah, or a bathroom renovation. Yeah, and I think that's the right analogy to use because it does sound, <clears throat> when, you, when you say it out loud, it kind of sounds... Yeah braggy you know i spent 20 grand yeah. but what you're doing a lot of people redraw on their home loan they refinance the home yep. loan they get 20 or 30 or 40 grand to do the bathrooms in the kitchen well those bathrooms and kitchens yes they add value to your home but unless you're selling unless you're flipping the home you don't actually get that return you don't see it immediately whereas if you're in a position to do that draw down redraw or refinance yep. um especially with rates changing and all that kind of stuff it's a it's twenty twenty five grand yeah and it's getting lower and, is and, a great investment and the other thing too is that people who are building a home now I think you'd be mad not oh, to mad. do it not to have the panels and the battery at the from the get go yeah. so if you're doing it if you are building a home do it get the panels get the battery it's gonna it's worth adding that little bit of extra expense because long term and I can tell you long term benefit is these massive savings that I'm surprised at how much I'm saving. And the Tesla really sort of put me over the top as well, Have not having the fact I can charge my car in my driveway mm. and not pay a cent because it's coming out of my panels and my battery, that's gravy as well. And look, I haven't even mentioned, you mentioned Greta before, I haven't even said a word about environmental no. benefits or anything like <clears> that. <throat> like, people can't lecture me about climate change because I'm doing probably more than they are about trying to, trying to sort of take control of responsibility yeah. for my own actions yes so that's that's just gravy on top of it yeah yeah climate climate saving the world is gravy well for you. you know we all well look Mate, humanity's I'm, gonna be wiped I'm not out, the sort people. of person i'm not the Greta sort of person said humanity's <laughs> gonna be wiped out yeah i know i know i love the memes just to get off topic slightly i love the memes <laughs> of her saying you robbed my child you stole <clears> my childhood and the meme is her angry face at the united nations and there's a like little girl poor like living like pop Pure total poverty, saying, "Oh, hang in there, Greta. Yeah. Yeah, hang in there. <laughs> we, uh, we know you lost your childhood. I, I'm not. I don't know where my next meal's coming from. <laughs> hang in there. Yeah, but anyway. it's uh. But look, I'm not the sort of bloke who's going to glue himself to an intersection okay? <laughs> right. or but, a seven four seven. Yeah, that's right. I reckon the pilot should have just taken off and so said, "Mate, I, yeah. you put yourself there, buddy. Not me. Mate, stowaways do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but look." I'm not. I'm not that extreme, but in my little way, I'm doing my part. Good on you, Stephen. Details of the Son and Flat uh, program and the plan, how it all works, and Stephen's uh, two-year experience with the uh, Son and Flat system on his home are at TechGuide.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. And you know what? If you've got a small business, maybe you run a cafe, a uh, business where you have customers coming in, like my mum, where you got a pub. Uh, or maybe you've got a mate who runs a business and they don't have Wi-Fi. They don't make their Wi-Fi easily accessible to people. But you know there's an Orbi Pro. Now, the Orbi Pro, I put this in at my mum's pub. It's simple to install just like it is at home. Uh, the difference is, it looks slightly different, but the difference is actually in what you can do. So you're actually creating a couple of networks. One of them is for you and your staff to use, and that gives them full access to printers or uh, file servers, whatever's on the network. But the second public network that you make available to your, to your customers, 
you don't need to put a password on it. You can have a, you can customize a pop-up window just like you get when you connect to a public Wi-Fi hotspot. Uh, it has the company logo, some terms and conditions. Click a button, and they get connected for one hour to your net to your internet, but not your overall network. So they can't access your printers. They can't hack your your file servers. They're just getting use of your internet. It's a nice way of adding value for your customers, uh, and customers want these kind of things. It's uh, proven to grow businesses when they have. Uh, Wi-Fi available to their customers. Plus, you do have an outdoor area. There's the Orbi Outdoor as well. Whole range of Orbi products, not just for your home, but for your business as well. That's called Orbi Pro, and you can check that out at uh, netgear.com.au. Now, Stephen <sighs> gave away a mobile phone last week. Yeah, how'd that feeling, go? Feeling very generous. <laughs> um, it was really good. Uh, I always good. go well the phone giveaways. Yeah, love a phone giveaway. But what I did was uh, I did a survey. That was how you entered. You have okay. to fill in a survey. What people didn't realise, you only had to tell me your name, your email address to enter the competition, and tell me which phone you wanted. Didn't have to fill out all the all the seventeen questions. Seventeen questions. Seventeen questions. And mate, wow. um, of the two thousand six hundred people that filled it out, um, like ten people, twenty seven people skipped the the end questions. So this like it's good data, but here's what here's what I wanted to drill into today. Um, a lot of telco data here. Um, who pay who's paid for your bill? There's a few things I want to point out. Firstly, when was the last time you switched telcos? Forty four point five nine percent say five years or more. Wow. Now, what Is that I, loyalty or laziness? Laziness, I think. You reckon? Yep. Okay. And, and there's a bit of loyalty because so Trevor's paying out his EFTM readers here. <laughs> yeah, totally. When <laughs> no, when you when you look at the people who have ha- had their, their current telco for five years or more, here's what I expected. Because I also also asked them what would make you skip telcos, right? In in their own words, skip or switch telcos. Switch telcos. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah. So of the people who are five years or more, a lot of there's two answers. One is coverage, and one is price. Yep. Now, okay, so I, I expected people to say coverage. They're the people that have rusted on Telstra, think that Vita and Optus don't have the coverage, right? Yeah. Which is not especially entirely people, true. Especially people in uh, in country, regional areas, I think that Telstra is kind of a rusted on Yeah, and I option. get that. But for yeah. people who are who are saying a better deal, well, you're losing your mind. You need to get a better deal. And, sure. and so I thought about that and I thought, hang on, how do I how do I test that? So then I went, just the people who have got, who have been with their telco for two, three, one, two or three years, right? Yep. I looked at the actual telco data. Who's who's winning the telco race? Kogan Mobile, in my data, has nine percent of the market. Wow! For people who have changed telcos in the last three years. So you mean they've changed to Kogan? Exactly. Or they've changed. The, the, so they're with Kogan now. Right. There's they're people so that have switched. Right. 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 If you look at that number, that's a, that's a lot of that number customers. over three years. Then it's only like four percent. Wow. Boost is the same. Boost goes from like 3% up to 6%. Okay. So what it shows so they're is... they're gaining customers, you mean? They're gaining customers, and yep. it shows that people are absolutely not just switching from Telstra to Optus or Optus yeah. to Vodafone. People are switching to those lower-cost carriers. Yeah. Does Aldi get a mention? Aldi gets 8.3%. Wow. That's in, decent, in, too. In those, in, those, in those people that have switched in the last two to yeah, three wow. years. Across everyone, across yeah. the 2,500 people that My I surveyed. My parents are with Kogan. Um Aldi, so Kogan is nearly five percent. In fact, exactly the same, four point nine percent, same as Aldi. Wow! Across all the all the survey respondents, well, they're offering value, aren't they? They're giving people choices. Yeah, and and Telstra is the big loser because in when people switch, they switch from Telstra. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But you know, it, it's it's fascinating to me to see what people are doing. So here's some other stuff that I haven't published yet. But um, okay, scoop for scoop. the two blokes. How much data do you have 
to use each month on your mobile so phone. So to you have, not yeah. to how much you yeah. use. How much, how much you have, have you got at your disposal? How much is at your disposal? The average was 31. 31 is the average. How much do you use? Yeah, you use about probably 10. 18. 18, really? 19, actually. 19. Is that them guessing or actually checking their phone? Oh, I think it's people going... 18, yeah, it's about right. What do you, you know what? What's your figure? Are you I, about the same? I don't even check. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be, I wouldn't, I'd mate, be I wouldn't use 10. I wouldn't use 10. Yeah. There's no way. Maybe not. I just don't. But You know why? Because you and I don't commute. Yeah, We're true. We're not commuters. True. I think and commuters would smash their data. But even if these numbers aren't right, what I think is interesting is is the gap. There's a def, There's a definitive gap between what people have and what they need. Yeah. And people want that buffer zone. I think yeah, I can, I can understand that. There's a, there's a lot of like the, that's an attraction. If you get oh hey, you're going to get 80 gig of data a month, yeah, and they go wow that's great. You'll never use it. No, so they might as well offer you a, a terabyte a month. <laughs> you're not going to get near it, are you? Like uh, so, it's good to know that it's there. So a couple other things. Again, haven't published this scoop for two blokes talking tech listeners. Yeah, have you heard about 5G? Unsurprisingly, 95 percent of people have heard have of heard 5G. of it. Of course, yeah. Do you have 5G? Unsurprisingly, only 3.4% of people yeah. have 5G. Really? Yep. I reckon that's high. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want 5G? Is it 70%? Of course they want 5G. No, I'm, I'm surprised by that. Well, Because the the want requires a use case. It requires people having looked at the Telstra ads and go, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh-huh. Or just this desire to have the latest. 70% I think is a big number. That surprises me. I didn't think it would be that big. Yeah, right. No, well, I just think people have heard about 5G. They've heard us talking about 5G. They've heard Telstra talking and, about and, 5G. And everyone's response as to why, they, why you would need 5G is fast. Speed, faster, faster. Yeah. It's all about speed. No, no one's talking about no one's capacity talking about or, ta- or latency. Autonomous cars or latencies yeah, yeah, or any right. of that stuff. It's all about downloading your no. YouTube fast, faster. You know what's the most important question I asked? Do you like EFTM? No. How are you today? I said, I said, I've run out of questions. How, <laughs> How are, are you today? today? Look, it was, a, it was a scale of 1 to 100. That's a real Paul Hogan question, mate. And yeah. then what do they say? Out of 1 to 100, the <laughs> average is 78. And oh. they said they're okay, so they're good. Yeah, but... 78%. What about that no. poor, the poor 23, 22% that well, are... That's, no, no. But, so it's a scale. So ah. zero is I don't feel great. 100 is I feel awesome. Okay. Right? So 78% and we, and we've ended at feel 78. awesome. Well, it's not yeah, you know, 90%. Almost awesome. The average number is, is I'm right. feeling okay, well, but read, not amazing. They're reading EFTM, the mate. They get a bit depressed. <laughs> harsh, I'm just joking, that's mate. That's heaps harsh. No, that's good. That's a really good, that's you know an I'm interesting question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to, the, like, I'm going to pick 10 people who, who put, like, zero. I'm going to send, yeah, them, send them a prize. Send them, send them like, send them a prize. I hope you're line. feeling better today. <laughs> What's the number? <laughs> just hope you're feeling better. Please. You're going to send them a you prize and write, listen are you okay? To, listen to two blokes and, and we'll cheer you How up. How could you not feel we'll better after listening up. to the two blokes talking to you? Wow. It's That's a, a funny that. question to ask, mate. Uh, I was, so how, I what do you say? We've run out of questions. How are you? How are yeah, you? I've How run you out feeling? of questions. How are you feeling today? <laughs> <laughs> mate, the number of people that wrote, like posted something going, I love the last question. Yeah, that's good. You know, because you fill good, out mate. a survey, you do your best. It yeah, takes yeah. four minutes. It took an average three minutes and 50 to try to get to the end. That's right. Get them to the end and they go, he's a funny guy. Nice little payoff, mate. Love it. Love it. Are you listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech? This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. You know what? One of my pet hates. Oh, 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 let me guess. Apart from uh, having to sit here with you. No, just oh! joking, mate. Just joking, brother. Motorsport. <laughs> <laughs> no, hearing you bagging Star Wars is another one of my pet hates. <laughs> Apart from that, is waiting on hold. Yeah. And waiting on hold, I'll take it further, and 
what's worse is when you're waiting on hold when there's something wrong. When you want to... So you're calling... You need help. assistance. You need something done. You need. You didn't something call the customer help. support line to have a yeah, chat. Just you to say good day because you yeah, need help. Because you need help, right? So, and that, that's that's and then what happens is when you get through, you you got to say you get, you've already got a head of steam up, and then it says, "Tell us in a few words what seems to be the problem," oh. and then you say internet issue, and the woman says. I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. And in, at this point, I'm ready to throw my phone through the yeah. TV, well, right? Well, I'll, I'll take that one step further. And you know how you, you – like it happens with even freaking fly things. You put in your number, you yeah. go through to someone, and then they say, oh, listen, I'll, I'll just need J- Jimmy over in bloody wherever department to, to fix that for you. You go yeah. through and Jimmy goes, what's your number? I went, mate, I've given that. I just that. told you that. Like how's yes. that not – how's oh, that not carried that, through? But imagine how worse it is when you you'd get on – and I had this case a few years ago and I'm thinking – there's been a storm. I've got no internet connection. What's the deal? Are you fixing it? Do you know about it? And I remember at the time, I was, I'm was i an Optus customer, and I remember ringing Optus. Talk, I got through to someone, and they were in India. And I said, mate, what's the weather like there? And he said, oh, very hot. Very hot here. And I went, really? I said, you know what the weather's like in Sydney? He says, I said, no. I said, there's been massive storms, high winds. It's, a, it's like the end of the world, and I don't have internet. He goes, oh, okay, let me check for you. According to our system, it's working. I said, mate, it's not, I'm telling you, it's not working, right? So I got into this whole thing. Anyway, I ended up writing a piece of the Telegraph about it, just a funny kind of, you know, customer, aggravated customer story. Yeah. But anyway, the reason I'm talking about this is because Optus have introduced a new messaging system, which allows you to rather than get on hold and wait and then tell eight people the same story, you get on, so log into your account, post the message, Everything's there, your customer, your name, your account number, your problem, and then it advances through their support system. So rather than you then waiting on hold and hoping for it to be resolved in the hour you're on on hold, the system then works through the channel. So you can get on with your life. You can say, right, and it's not like live chat where you're talking to someone and, and you're waiting for their response this is a thing that you post and that, and that it's sent to them. You can jump in and out of the conversation. Oh, so you, you, what, you design through the app? Yeah, through the app or on your browser. So if, if you start on your browser, you can then pick it up again on the app as well okay. to see the progress. So rather than you waiting there, waiting and talking to someone, telling them the same story again, it then you can get on with your life. Who ends up helping they, you, though? Is it still Prashant? Well, st- still, still the... Uh, <laughs> Prashant, I don't know. I don't know, someone, yeah. Well, and, well it's Optus addressing your issue without you having to be on the other end of the phone, basically. So you can hop in and out of the message, the the conversation, and see yeah. the progress or see the resolution. To see on if it's been my, on resolved. my way out of the driveway, I'm going to get a pair of scissors. I'm going to cut a cable somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to see how. Please don't see how quickly that <laughs> that gets resolved through the Optus messaging. App. But look, I just think <laughs> look, I just think it's a it's a step in the right direction to give customers at least the ability to say, look, something's wrong here. This is what's happened. This and it's there. It's a record. It's yep. there that they can refer to. Stephen, and I want you to now just just bear with me. Close your eyes. <laughs> Close your eyes for a minute. Close I, my eyes. I want you to okay. go back okay. to those days go when back. when you had that internet problem. The storms were raging. Oh yeah, yeah. Stephen, yes. Are you really going to sit down and type a message? Because I think most people are still going to pick up the phone. Well, I would if I had the if I got through straight away. Great. When there's a problem that's maybe affecting many other people, you're going to be on hold for an hour and a half. So in the case of the messaging, 
they could immediately see this. Oh, hang on, there's all these people from Pagewood that don't have their right. that don't have their. Internet. I'll take this one step further. When was the last time you had a power outage? Um, a blackout. Oh, I think a couple of months ago. How does that happen? Uh, hang on, I'm just thinking about the solar thing. But no, no. Well, my bat my battery still runs. It's still connected to my board, okay. but I need to specify, and I haven't done this yet, I need to specify what rooms of the house or what okay. appliances I want the battery to power. Okay. So I, I haven't so actually done that. So I had a blackout, I never <coughs> had power. We've yeah, we've unfortunately had a fair few bloody power outages yeah. lately um, over the last year. Every time we have a power outage, we go to osgrid.com.au. Now that's our local grid. It's yep. different in different parts of the country. Can I tell you, within... Like, so we had a storm recently. Out The tree at the front of our house dropped a huge branch onto the power lines. Sparks were flying. It was Amanda's uh-huh. birthday. She thought I'd organise fireworks. It was that. <laughs> no, seriously. She thought I'd organise fireworks. Oh, my God. Um, sparks, everything. Power yep. line came down. We had a power outage. Yep. Now, within five minutes, I looked on their website, and there was a map with a little little drawing around the outage. Really? And every time we've had a power outage, almost instantly, it's on the Osgrid website. I want to know why the telcos can't do the same bloody thing with... Yeah. Internet outages and stuff there like are, that. There are. Draw I do, a friggin' map. Yeah. Because that's what people want. You know what? Optus have reckon, something like that, though. Optus Opt- have that. I reckon Osgrid's, you know, phone call center doesn't get as impacted yeah. by annoyed calls because you can go to the website and it says, right, we know it's a problem and we've got this ETA for fix or there's no ETA, the technician's on the way. Yeah. Very, very verbose amount of information. I like it. Uh, I agree. Now, Optus have a kind of thing where current current issues or something that says, in, and, and it's not as up-to-date as what Osgrid would be. It's like the Telstra one. It's a list of outages. Yeah. Like, draw a friggin' map, people. You know yeah, where your customers are. Draw yeah. a map. But look, I just think this is a positive thing from Optus that at least they're trying something. Yep, good They're on. trying something for the customers, so I applaud them for that. I, I don't know. And, and look, I, I hear the same thing from, you'd, you'd hear it from your readers and listeners too, about their own relationships with yep. their telcos and the frustrated, how frustrating it can be. But, uh, yeah, so at least they're having a go. Good on them for having Can't a go. Can't argue about that. Uh, if you want to read about that, it's at techguide.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen. A couple of quick reviews couple for couple of quick trip. reviews. Now, this one's like a blast from the past, mate. It is a little bit. Yeah, this is the Mont Blanc Augmented Paper. Now, this is, we all remember LiveScribe from yep. a few years ago. And this was a pen that when you write on a special pad, it not only remembers and digitizes all your notes, but also records your audio as well. Did yeah. you know it did that? Yeah, yeah. So that was really handy. And then you can have an offline view. You can have a, a digital view of all your notes. Well, Mont Blanc has come up with this product called Augmented Paper. And the, it, it's what it is, it's this beautiful Italian leather folio and there's a pad inside and a beautiful Star Walker Mont Blanc pen that's included that, that connects to, there's a, like a slate built into the leather folio. So the pen connects to the slate that's sort of under the pad, and that's kind of what records all your, your pen strokes. Right. So even when you use the included pad, it works, but you can put your own pad in there or your own piece of paper. As long as it's sitting inside the folio, it'll register your note. It'll register it on the companion app. So it's basically just a 
it's bridging the written word with the digital world. So whatever you write can be digitized and you can see it on an app. And then if you want to, you can trans... Does the slate have to be under a single piece of paper like a carbon copy? Or no, no. It's a, that's like a 142-page pad that it still worked. And the slate's underneath that? Yeah, yeah. So it's all... all, all How the and, hell does it... But the, the pen is the, doing, <coughs> the, doing oh, the heavy lifting. Oh, so it's actually... The pen's connecting the pen to the slate as well. Right, That's okay. right. The right, pen right, is, right. Has, uses... Oh, it's uh, like a positional thing, so it's like it knows yeah, where it is. Okay. Yep. It, it uses EMR, <coughs> electromagnetic resonance, they call it, the, the, the connecting technology. So basically digitizes your notes and then in the app you can then convert it to text and share it or send okay. it as a JPEG, whatever you like. The, the app needs a bit of work. The app's not really intuitive. Like It really took me a long way to find out how to um, do the, the, the writing to text conversion. It was right. really convoluted and complicated, but I eventually found it. But um, yeah, that, that's sort of on Tech Guide. I've sort of just put side by side what, what it basically does. It, it digitizes the note. There's a little button on the next next to the pad uh, that that every time you finish a page, you press that button. So it says, right, let's go to the next page. Uh, the pen that comes with it is is beautiful. The Mont Blanc that that on its own is worth like about up to eight hundred dollars. The pen, like this thing, is a thousand and ninety five bucks. So Christ. when you when you factor in the pen, costs about eight hundred. You actually, it's not a bad deal what you're getting the, to digitize your notes. So yeah, the Mont Blanc augmented paper. Uh, if you if you do if you are a fan of writing, and oh, I love writing. I, I don't. I'm not a total digital person. I do like writing things down. So uh, and if you're a Mont Blanc customer, uh, chances are that you do write a bit because they sell pens that cost yeah. well, not pens. Sorry, writing instruments that cost um, you know could be potentially thousands of dollars. So yeah, the augmented paper handy if you are a Mont Blanc fanboy or girl. Check it out. To do. Techguide.com.au. And the old Blue Ants, mate. They, Another, they, you know what? Aussie I've got company. To give it Aussie company. And they've been pumping out stuff for mate, years. One of my very first Bluetooth devices was a Blue Ant well, product. On the, on the visor, visor. The speaker, yeah. So the hands free speaker on the visor. So they were one of the first back in that range. before cars had Bluetooth. Yeah. This was the way I could talk to people in the car. Anyway, they've come a long way, Blue Ant, the, uh, this Aussie company, and they've, they've come up with their Pump Air 2 wireless micro buds. Now, the thing we like about wire free earphones is that A, they're wire free. But the ideal earphone, wire-free earphone, is something that's not too big, but that still offers a decent sound. Yeah. These are those buds. They're small. They offer a, a surprisingly punchy sound, and they're only one hundred and sixty-nine ninety-five. Truth. So, in terms of value and what you get, they've got solid bases. Picture well. you at the beach there, mate. No, that not quite, but um, it it is solid output of like bass really impressed me. Uh, and just the, the sheer quality and the volume of the sound you get was also for a hundred and seventy dollar pair of wire free speakers. Yeah. They're comparable to to earphones that are hundred dollars more expensive. Yeah. So, tick the box for size. They're not massive. The, the the little charging case isn't too bad either. They've only got about four hours of battery though. Three and a half hours if you play full volume. That's probably a little weakness uh, compared to others, but. Mm. I think when you consider how small they are, that's not a bad trade-off, though. They're pretty small, comfortable to wear, so battery life is not as good as other brands that are more expensive, but you do get another 12 hours in the case as well, which isn't too big. Very pocketable size. Plenty of tips as well, so you can find there's like seven pairs of uh, silicon tips to get the right fit. What they also don't have is... Uh, the ability they've got microphones on the outside and they actually the core quality is not too bad what they don't have though you know how some like the Sony's have a thing where you can have the pass through you use the outside microphones to hear what's going on around you 
these don't have that. So you've got to, to hear the traffic around you. Just maybe turn the volume down a little bit because they do have a bit of a, a sealing uh, feel yeah. to the tips. They sort of seal you off from the outside world. So you probably just need to just put the volume down slightly if you're going to go for a run or you're near the road. But, yeah, overall, though, great value. Like tiny but mighty, I called them. Uh, an awesome value. So 169.95 for the Blue Ant Pump Air 2 wireless microbus. Check them out. Techguide.com.au. That's episode 409. Thanks to good people at Netgear and Uniden. We'll be back next week. I think we should do the show in Tokyo. Yes, let's go to Tokyo. So we're going to we're going to both be there for the motor we'll show. To, we'll are you to, going? What day do yeah, you leave? I don't, I don't leave till Tuesday. I we'll have to I'm, talk about. I'm it leaving bit. Monday. <laughs> I think we'll do it on Wednesday night. Probably. Sure. Wednesday something. Okay. You can come to me, mate. Where are you staying? I don't even know. I don't got no idea. I've got no idea. I'll have to ask that question. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Uh, We're both in Tokyo, so we'll try our very best to get together next week in Tokyo to talk tech and a bit of cars uh, from the Tokyo. A lot of cars, actually, yeah. Yeah, well... you know, right up your alley, We mate. don't want to overkill it. Of course not. For, of for course our dear not. audience. We, we do know to balance the show. Check it we? out. Um, Stephen's at techguide.com.au. I'm at eftm.com. And you can find us on Twitter at Stephen Fennick, at Trevor Long. And the hashtag, as always, Ziggy Zaggy. Stephen, see you next week. See you then. So, what's, how do you say hello and goodbye in Japanese? Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. <laughs>